Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. And welcome to the second half of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Please go over to our website, thepblpodcast.com. You can click on all our social media links there. I do a lot on Twitter and, of course, TikTok. But if you're not comfortable on TikTok, please check out our YouTube channel. Click on the YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Remember, my dog Woody, that's his big ask of you. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you can see my TikTok videos there, so you don't even have to get on TikTok. Now, they are rough and raw, and they are shaky. That's why they call me Shaky McSelfie. And I'm in my Shaky McSelfie attire for this podcast. You will be able to see this on YouTube as well. And uh, why is it Shaky McSelfie? I explained at the top of the hour, I'll do it again, is when I go for my walks, I do my TikTok videos, I'm holding my phone up, it's shaking because I'm walking while I'm doing it and somebody tried to give me a dig calling me shaking McSelfie and I liked it. So here we are. All right. In this segment, let's talk about the biases in the media and just how just so blatantly biased. It's like their editors must not look at last week's um, copy of the DNC coverage to this week's copy, or they just don't care. My guess is they just don't care. I mean, they just, the media simply does not care about its bias because they can't help themselves. I mean, it's amazing how they get called out on it all the time. And they continue, they continue this blatant biasness. I mean, it's just like un believably blatant and yet they continue you know why they continue because they don't think they're biased for one because they their mindset is they are all for the democrats they think what they're doing is right they think they're just they're not being biased they're just telling it like it is well bs politico i'm going to start with them because they're one of the worst i mean you could not be more blatantly biased than political. And I've got three, three headlines I'm going to show you here on Politico. Let's start with the DNC headline last week. So what I tried to do, and I'm sure I missed some of these stories. So some, some, of, you, some of you out there, if you point it out, great. Hey, send me the story. Again, the PBL podcast at gmail.com. Here's the night one story from Political, or after the DNC's night one. DNC goes full infomercial super, superlatives from night one of the convention. That's the main headline. Subheadline, Michelle Obama updated her slogan from the last campaign, Sanders delivered for Biden, and Klobuchar brought the jokes. Mm-hmm. So Michelle Obama updates her slogan, okay? Uh, Sanders delivered for Biden. Okay, that's positive, right? Right. And then this one, Klobuchar brought the jokes. Her jokes were horrible, people. Horrible. If you go watch her jokes, they were just like unbelievably bad jokes. Now, the article is very short. It go, and here's the opening paragraph. 
after decades of the same parade of speeches in cavernous arenas to distracted, disinterested, and often inebriated delegates, the first night of the 2020 Democratic Convention finally gave up the strained connection to the drama-filled conventions of old and went full infomercial. Now, I'm not sure if they're trying to take a dig or not, all right? But let's talk about their headlines for the for the Republican National Committee's convention. They're so bad. They're so bad. It's headed two. Two, by the way. Here's the first one. Republicans warn of chaos if Biden wins. Key moments from the convention's first night. Look at that difference. Look at that stark difference. The main headline. Republicans warn of chaos if Biden wins. Key moments from convention's first night. Again, here, here's the Democrats, right? DNC goes full infomercial, superlatives from night one of the convention. Do you see the, compare, the contrast there? And here's the second main headline. The best, worst, and weirdest moments of night one. I could not find the best, worst, and weirdest moments of night one from political for the DNC convention. But let's go back to that other one. Republicans warn of chaos if Biden wins. All right, that's the main headline. Subheadline speakers warn that President Donald Trump is needed to save Western civilization and that Biden is not nice. I mean, can you not see the bias there? I mean, look at the, the dark tones of the, the RNC. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Here's the opening paragraph of Republicans warn of chaos if Biden win. The opening paragraph, President Donald Trump packed the first night of the Republican convention with his fiercest House allies, cultural war figures, and rising stars eager to follow him into the White House. And his rising stars, by the way, that they highlighted, Nikki Haley and Donald Trump Jr., they didn't highlight Tim Scott. He gets left out. You know why? Because they don't want to. They're afraid of a candidate, a Republican candidate like a Tim Scott. But look at this. I mean, Rep- Donald Trump packed the first night. I, I didn't Biden, didn't he not? No, I guess Biden didn't pack the first night because Biden doesn't know what he had for lunch the previous day. Uh, but it's just like, you cannot, uh, uh, you just cannot not see the biasness uh, in the article, right? And, and here's this. Let's go to the other one. Let's go to best, worst, and weirdest moments of night one. The subheadline: Trump used the trappings of the White House for all they were worth, and Republicans got an early taste of the 2024 campaign too. Again, Nikki Haley, Donald Trump Jr. Here's the opening paragraph of this one. Republicans begin their answer to Democrats' week-long campaign infomercial in Wednesday in Washington Monday night, but the real Republican convention was actually held earlier Monday, where it was supposed to be all along Charlotte. North Carolina. Okay. I don't know what's bad about that, but the Republican convention was actually held earlier Monday. Well, yeah. Hello. Uh, so what basically they're alluding to is all the delegates actually did go to Charlotte, North Carolina, and they went through the nomination process of President Trump and the delegate representative, each one from each state was there. And they were in the crowd when Trump accepted the uh, nomination to be president under the Republican ticket. And he spoke for a while. Unlike Biden, who spoke for like less than a minute, Trump spoke for a while, fluently, coherently, I might add. So the delegates were actually in there in person. Now, one of the main contrasts, too, between this convention and the Democrats is, you know, when the Democrats went around and voted and cast their ballots for uh, the nominee, in that case, Biden, 
it was kind of cool. They went to each state and it was, they did it outside. And the Republicans did it in uh, the convention center in North Carolina, Charlotte, which I love Charlotte, by the way, just a wonderful city. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't as cool. It was like your typical convention was boring, but they were there. <laughs> so somehow that's a pejorative with Politico. Uh, delegates met, some in person, some virtually, to renominate President Donald Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. And Trump and Pence each appeared at the Charlotte Convention Center, both gave speeches, with Trump's going on for nearly an hour, completing the necessary business of the GOP convention before most people thought it had even started. Yeah, so Trump went on for an hour. Biden, was it a minute? Was it even a minute? Yeah, I, you know, Biden can barely get through his nomination speech. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just did. Um, so let's go through their best, worst, and weirdest on Politico. Uh, best attendance, Trump and Pence. Okay, because they were there. It says, after Biden's accepted his party's nomination without leaving his adopted hometown of Wilmington, Delaware, Republicans made a point of going to their convention host city. Well, duh, is that a bad thing? No, I hope you realize the difference between Republican and Democrat conventions, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy told delegates in Charlotte, our nominees show up. That's a stark difference. So, okay, best attendance. Uh, the Zell Miller Award. They gave it to, and I don't know, I didn't know there was a Zell Miller Award, but, you know, Zell Miller was the former governor of Georgia who gave a convention speech nominating or supporting George W. Bush. Um, Zell Miller considered one of the last of the blue dog Democrat, Democrats. I mean, he couldn't get elected in the Democrat Party today, uh, even if he wanted to. But the Zell Miller, Miller Award went to Vernon Jones. Now, Vernon Jones is a state rep in Georgia. Um, you know, and they go on to say Democrats last week trotted out a parade of prominent Republican officials to endorse Biden, uh, Kasich, you know, Christine, former governor, Christine Todd Whitman, uh, Rep. Susan Molinaire, all Republicans who are supporting Biden. And so Vernon Jones, what is, is it a big deal? I mean, he's a state rep. Yeah, it's a big deal. Actually, if you know anything about Vernon Jones, as I do, because I live in and around metropolitan area of Atlanta, uh, Vernon Jones is an icon in this area. I've never been a big fan of Vernon Jones because he did govern uh, very forcefully. I mean, he was a force and is a force to be reckoned with. And when I heard Vernon Jones coming out for the president, I even wondered what's the what's the What's the take here? And after listening to him talk about it, after him being challenged by an MSNBC pundit that he, are you being paid? And Jones went off on that guy and listening to his, watching his speech last night, man, it was powerful. This is who the Democrats fear more than anything else, a black Democrat coming out for President Trump. Now, the significance of Vernon Jones and why he was there, because I know a lot of people across the country are probably trying to figure out why was a state rep given this kind of platform? Well, when he's not just any state rep, the man is literally an icon here in the Atlanta metropolitan area. Uh, he was the CEO of DeKalb County at one point. He holds a lot of sway. If you get a black Democrat with the respect and the, the I don't want to, I hate to say the word following, but of Vernon Jones in and around the city like Atlanta, that's a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. That could be just enough to tip people over, black people over to vote for Trump. So I'm not saying that they plucked him up for this, but he obviously was there for that reason. And it was a powerful 
powerful speech. I got to give it to Vernon Jones. My, my respect for Vernon Jones is just way up. And again, I've been in and around uh, Atlanta for a long, long time. I've been following politics for a long, long time. Very familiar with Vernon Jones. Would have never supported him in the past because I just don't support Democrats for one. And the guy, you know, he's a pretty, he's brash. He's rough around the edges, but you know, brash, brash, rushed around, rough around the edges. This is what we need right now. So kudos to Vernon Jones. Just an outstanding, outstanding speech. So Zell Miller Miller Award, hey, take it, run with it, carry it with pride. Most likely to be 2024 candidates, Nikki Haley, Donald Trump Jr. Again, they're going on and on. But they where where is it where Tim Scott? Is gonna is one that they consider that Tim Scott did phenomenal. Now he is mentioned in this article. It says the night ended with Tim Scott, Republican South Carolina, the only African American Republican in the Senate. Uh, by the way, the first Black Republicans ever in the Senate in the 1800s were Black. The first senators who were Black in the history of our country. I'm sorry, the first Black senators in the history of our country were Republicans. The first Black Congress people, men, women, however you want to say it, in the history of our country, were blacks. We're Republican, sorry, twisting that around. We're Republican. The first black senator in the Democrat Party was Kerry Mosley Braun in 1993. It took the Democrats up until 1993 to put a black person in the Senate. Yeah, yeah, they're the party of uh, progression, right, right. They're the party of... um, well, they're the party of race. Anyway, the night ended with Tim Scott, the only African-American Republican in the Senate. Scott isn't mentioned as a future presidential candidate. He says his next campaign for Senate in 2022 will be his last. Oh, well, political says, well, that's it then. Because Donald Trump Jr. is not talking about running for president. Um, Nikki Haley, I don't believe, has talked about running for president. But because this guy says it, well, he says his next campaign, he says his next campaign for Senate will be his last. The Senate, ladies and gentlemen, it didn't say his next campaign. His next campaign will be his last. He says his next campaign for Senate in 2022 will be his last. Anyway, he gave a really powerful speech. I, I think out of all the speeches, uh, I thought his was the best. That whole cotton to Congress line, man, that that is powerful, powerful. Most telling speakers. I don't even know what that means. Mark and Patricia McCloskey. This is the couple that uh, defended their home with their firearms and the Democrat uh, district attorney went after them, okay? And that, that's the local district attorney. The state district attorney and the governor came out for them, but they've been vilified by the left saying they brandished their weapons at black people. No, no, they didn't. They actually defended their home. Breakout star, the White House. You know, it's good to be the president. There's a reason so few of them have lost their re-election campaign. There's a reason so few of them lost their re-election campaigns. This is from the article. Trump's campaign flexed all its muscles of incumbency on Monday night, cutting two videos from inside the White House, brushing aside any violations of federal law or protocol by a politicking from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, right? Politico is the absolute worst. The other article does the same thing. I mean, it's just bias after bias after bias. Um, MSNBC, you want to talk about just, uh, I, I can't even get into MSNBCs. And there's so 
so just nasty. Here's a headline from Joe Scarborough, uh, his show, right? And I'm not going to give MSNBC too much platform here because they just, God, RNC Night One, a bizarre collection of alternative facts and alternative realities told by cranks and misfits. So they're just called um, Nikki Haley, a crank or misfit. Uh, they just called Tim Scott a cranker misfit. Hey, go ahead, call Donald Trump Jr. that. He's the son of the president they attack so much. Uh, here's another headline on MSNBC. The RNC kicks off with a flurry of GOP endorsements for Joe Biden. Right, right. Uh, no, no, that's in their alternate reality themselves, right? Uh, it's just amazing how bad. I, mean, I, I watched the Joe Scarborough clip, and I was debating whether or not to play it here. It's just, it's what's bizarre. And I'm not going to play it here because it's just, God, awful. Um, so look at NBC News headline. This is not MSNBC. This is an NBC. Four takeaways from RNC night one. No platform, but reverence for Trump. And that's the main headline. Subheadline, no policy document. A focus on the Supreme Court. Dysopian predictions of Democrats rule and 2024 trial balloons. Again, they're, gonna, they're trying to tell you Nikki Haley and Donald Trump Jr. are it and leaving Tim Scott off of it. But no policy document, again, not true. They just adopted the 2016 platform. Why can't they just tell you that? A focus on the Supreme Court, what's wrong with that? I mean, yeah, hey, Trump's gonna get another pick, possibly two, and I'd rather it be Trump. So they act, they act as if that's a bad thing. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not. So, uh, NBC again. Now, the one that surprised me the most was CBS. Here's CBS's headline RNC night one Republicans argue that Trump's reelection will keep America safe. You know, that's not a bad headline. Uh, it's, it's, there's no pejoratives in there, there's no digs, there's no slams. So, I, you know, and I couldn't find one from night one on uh, the DNC that gave any indication CBS wasn't actually trying to. Just report. Actually, kudos to CBS. But I tell you what, there's some of these other, you know, there's some of these other ones that are just, oh my gosh. Now I'm going to jump to um, CNN. And <laughs> CNN is obviously a biased network. There's just no. But CNN did fact check. They did fact checks during the convention. So fact check, first night of the Republican National Convention features more dishonesty than four nights of DNC. That's their headline for their fact checks. It's called Facts First. I'm gonna read that again, fact check. It's from CNN. First night of the Republican National Convention features more dishonesty than four nights of DNC. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven reporters reporting this seven it took seven reporters to fact check it you're saying e e what about the democrat national convention didn't they fact check it they did they did it's and here's the headline fact checking the first two nights of the democratic convention i couldn't find fact check night one it's fact checking the first two nights of the democratic convention one reporter it took seven to fact check the the republicans one for the Democrats. Now I know what the left's gonna say. Well, it takes that many to fact check Republican lies. Oh, they're all lies. 
absolutely nonsense. I mean, some of the things that they were talking about, Trump's campaign promises is one of the fact checks. Basically, that Trump's come out and said he's kept all his promises. And so they come out and said, no, 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 not true. You know, uh, he, you know, he didn't keep all of his promises. He certainly kept some of, this is what they said, Trump has certainly kept some of his 2016 campaign promises, but not close to all of them. To cite just three examples, he's not gotten Mexico to pay for his border wall. Uh, you know, that's debatable. Mexico has uh, helped support the wall um, militarily. On the other side, uh, he has not succeeded in repealing Obamacare. Not completely. Did get rid of the mandate and has tried, but he's met a lot of opposition. opposition. So you can't say he hadn't tried and has not presided over annual GDP growth of 4% or higher. But you can't also say he hasn't tried. There's a difference than keeping your promises and not trying. If he hadn't tried then yeah, he didn't keep his promise. But in all of those three that they cite, just not true. Um, fact check number two, government takeover of healthcare. Uh, for facts first, this is true of what a bit, for former UN ambassador Nikki Haley attacked Democratic positions on health care. They want a government takeover of health care, she said at the Republican National Convention on Monday. Facts first. This is true of some Democrats. <laughs> okay. If it's true of some Democrats, they say, but it's not a policy Joe Biden supports. While he does advocate broadening the government's involvement in the nation's healthcare system, he does not back so-called single-payer programs like Medicare for All, which were pushed by others in the primary. Okay, but Nikki Haley said they want a government takeover of healthcare. Well, they do. <laughs> Abolishing suburbs is one of the facts. Patricia McCloskey, the woman who, along with her husband, Mark McCloskey, pointed a gun at the protesters from her St. Louis home in June, claimed that Democrats want to abolish suburbs. They want to abolish the suburbs altogether by ending single-payer family home zoning, she claimed. Facts first. This is what they say. This is false. Democrats are not seeking to abolish suburbs or end single-family home zoning. An Obama-era housing rule meant the address meant to address racial segregation does not abolish suburbs in any way. Okay, what the Obama ruling did is told you you had to have low-income housing in your neighborhood. If a developer was going to build the neighborhood, he had to set aside certain amounts for low-income housing. Yeah, that is leading to abolishing the suburbs. That is leading to problems. I'm sorry, it just is. That brings crime to the suburbs. And this is the McCloskey's opinion. Anyway, these aren't political pundits or political uh, uh, politicians. These aren't politicians making this claim. So, uh, and, and then, you know, you're going to hear the left saying, well, the, you know, the, the right is saying that the left wants to abolish suburbs and uh, we're going to, uh, uh, Joe Biden's elected, the suburbs are going to suffer. Look at what's happening with the riots and the protests. They are now in the suburbs. Yes, they are now in the suburbs. There is one story, you all saw it, I'm sure most of you have, if not all of you, saw it where they were in a Seattle suburb telling a person that they need to give their house to them. Unbelievable. Another fact check. Unemployment. Multiple speakers, including Rep. Vernon Jones, Rep. Jim Jordan, and Mark McCloskey. Uh, Mark McCloskey's not a rep. They should have defined that better. Touted the low unemployment rate America has witnessed under the Trump administration. Both Jordan and McCloskey credited the president for the lowest unemployment in 50 years. While Jones said President Trump built the most inclusive economy ever with record low unemployment for African Americans. Well, here's what Facts First says about it. This is misleadingly outdated. Oh, oh, it's outdated as it ignores the economic destruction caused by the coronavirus. No, it's not outdated. It's not misleadingly outdated. It was absolutely true up until the pandemic or the scamdemic. 
And you can't take that away. As Trump said, if he did it once, he can do it again. Would you want that? Would you want what Trump gave the economy, what, he, what, what happened under the economy under Trump prior to the, the scandemic? Yes, who wouldn't? It was the lowest unemployment rate. It was the lowest unemployment rate across the board. Record lows for minorities. As Trump said, if he did it once, he'll do it again. And we are already seeing the upticks. The stock market's doing phenomenal amongst all this, right? More on CNN's fact check. China and Biden. Donald Trump Jr. referenced a report from the U.S. intelligence community in claiming that China preferred Biden for the presidency because he would weaken the U.S. economy. He called him Beijing Biden, by the way, which is hilarious. Beijing Biden, and it, what I love about it is Donald Trump Jr. saying Beijing Biden it actually got CNN to put this in this article. <laughs> they don't even realize what they just did. The quote from Donald Trump Jr. Beijing Biden is so weak on China that the intelligence community recently assessed that the Chinese Communist Party favors Biden. They know how he'll weaken U.S., both U.S., he'll weaken us both economically and on the world stage. I just love, I love, I love, I love that CNN put this, they, they, they put this in there thinking they were taking a dig at Donald Trump when all they were doing is repeating his line of Beijing Biden. Facts first, this is what they say. While Trump Jr. might be asserting his opinion here, Oh, really? His characterizations of a recent assessment for the U.S. intelligence community is misleading. The U.S. intelligence community did not determine that China preferred Biden because he would economically or otherwise weaken the U.S. Rather, it outlined that China preferred the president, that President Donald Trump lose the election because he was unpredictable and because of the many actions he has taken against, wait for it, China. <laughs> so China did say they want Biden because it will weaken the U.S. and it'll make it'll be favorable to China. Oh my gosh, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to get any more of these things. Let's go over what they were fact checking from the uh, DNC the first two nights. Uh, Cuomo and the virus. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo boasted Monday of his state's efforts to fight the coronavirus, contrasting his government's approach with how the federal government has handled. Cuomo stated that as they proved their way, as this is a quote from Cuomo, as they proved their way failed, we proved our way succeeded. So facts first, New York does currently have low levels of coronavirus infections, hospitalizations, and death compared to the other U.S. cities. However, it is highly debatable whether Cuomo's overall handling of the pandemic has been a success. Well, it hasn't. He did not mention some important facts and statistics. I'm surprised they did this. Uh, New York has dramatically flattened its curve, uh, coronavirus curve, since its April peak. That initial peak was severe as of Wednesday, New York. And they go on basically softer tones, um, making it seem like, you know, it's not that bad. Cuomo just slipped up. It might be all true what he says, but here's, here's a little meat. Anyway, here's another one. Trump, the Trump administration in cages. Denouncing the Trump administration's former first lady, Michelle Obama, said on Monday that America's children watch in horror as children are torn from their families and thrown into cages. Facts first. The Trump administration did impose a policy of routinely separating migrant children from their parents at the border. Separation happened far less frequently. Under President Barack Obama, separation happened far less frequently under President Barack Obama. Wait, 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 wait. The separation happened far less frequently under Barack Obama. So that's like a nice little way of saying it did happen under him. So they got to put in there far less frequently. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they fact-checked Michelle. However, Michelle Obama didn't mention that cages were also used under her husband's administration to house migrant children. Some of the facilities controversially used to detain children in cages under President Donald Trump were actually built under Barack. I'm really surprised they did this one. 
really, this one kind of blew me away. And, and I'm not going to go on to any more of these. You get the point. They soften it for the DNC. It, it took one writer to write the fact checks for the DNC, seven writers, seven to fact check the Republicans. Absolutely nonsense. Just nonsense. I'm going to leave you with one story. And this is something that I've been saying for a long, long time now. Actually, uh, August 10th, I did a podcast on this. This is from The Hill. Um, <clears throat> Charlie Giro, he's opinion contributor, uh, this published 824.20. In a tightening race, the trends are running in Trump's favor. Now, in the, the article, it starts talking about the battleground states, uh, specifically Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, and um, Wisconsin. Now, those are the states that Trump won by a razor margin of 0.7%. Now, in all of those states, Hillary Clinton was leading Donald Trump back in 2016 by a pretty significant margin. And what I said on 810 in that podcast was that this is numbers don't look good for Biden. Biden's in trouble. And the, the thesis was that um, Clinton was leading Trump more in those states at the same time than Biden is right now uh, in those same states. And then Trump ultimately went on to win. And that's what this article, The Hill, is talking about. So it's, it's happening, ladies and gentlemen. This is a positive thing. And it, again, the trends have been running in Trump's favor now for a few weeks. And the media eventually has to catch up on that. Uh, Trump is trending to win those Rust Belt states. Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And in another trend favoring Donald Trump against Joe Biden is Minnesota. Minnesota right now is tied. There's a polling group called the Trafalgar Group that has Trump and Biden tied 47 to 47. Now, Trafalgar Group is the one that called Michigan for Trump back in 2016. They were the only polling group they called Michigan for Trump, and Trump went on to win. Trump's going to win those states, uh, those three battleground states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, by a larger margin this time around. And uh, the trends are absolutely heading that way. So it is a tightening race, and you're going to see a lot of polls starting to change after this week. This is the week where it all starts to look a little more realistic because here's what has to happen. These media companies, they're biased as all get out. We know that. But they're going to have to try to hang on to a little bit of credibility. And that's why the polls start tightening. And they're not going to be able to deny it. They're going to have the hill is not exactly a right-leaning rag. The hill leans left for the most part. So you're seeing them already starting to see this trend. Trump got the Biden's bounce. Biden didn't get a bounce in his convention. Trump's numbers went up. Biden's numbers were flat. He only was up 1% on day four over day three. He gave the speech. He was the party's nominee. On day four, their ratings only went up less than 1% over day three where you had Obama and Kamala Harris. 
Biden's in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. This is a good sign. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL podcast. And again, go over to the YouTube channel. Uh, this will be up on video on the YouTube channel. I'll put all my TikToks up there. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You can get to that channel through my website if you don't want to go and do a search for the PBL podcast on YouTube at thepblpodcast.com. Do email us at thepblpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But again, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm working on putting a lot more videos up there. So look forward to that. So subscribe now so you'll get the alerts when it all starts happening. Thanks for listening to this episode, PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.